This is for the men who never settle. The ones who believe only quitters and a game and a tie. The type of guys who choose the bar with the biggest TVs to overcompensate for theirs at home. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. He does the research, analyzes the data, and checks the variables. He even submits his findings for peer review. He's the only man with a lab coat made entirely from NFL bed sheets. He's data scientist Eric Eager of Sumer Sports. Only on the program. Welcome back here on the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Danny Klinkscale out of town, so we are fortunate to be able to maneuver around some of our great guests. Eric Eager from Sumer Sports, the Vice President of Research and Development uh, at Sumer Sports, joins us uh, here in the program right now. He's brought to you today by our friends at Easton Roofing, the most exclusive commercial roofing manufacturers in the country. I'm talking about Elevate, Geico, Carlisle, JM. They only supply the very best roofing companies. That's important to know because if your business needs a new roof, uh, Understand that they supply Eastern Roofing. Eastern Roofing can write warranties on commercial flat roofs up to 30 years. Only a handful of companies across the country can say that. That's Eastern Roofing here in Kansas City. So if your business is what is uh, needing some work, uh, there's no one better to call than Eastern Roofing. Call Joe Spiker and his great team today. 913-257-5426. They're online at eastonroofing.com. Uh, if you're a property manager, Easton offers turnkey solutions uh, for you. Uh, parking plan, schedule, safety plan, warranty expectations up front. There's no guessing with Easton. Nobody handles your commercial roofing better. And of course, I can tell you nobody handles the residential side either because they've been on my roof, they've been on my mom's roof, they've been on Danny's roof. Uh, they're the best in the city, commercial, residential, insulation, gutters. Uh, call 913-257-5426. See them online at eastonroofing.com. Let's welcome uh, Eric Eager to the program. Eric, how are you, sir? Saran, I'm doing great. I can't believe, uh, I can't believe it, of course. This is the best team in football, but it's still fun. You know, it's still the ball's in the air. You see number 11's the one that's supposed to be camping under it. You have a little bit of nervousness there, um, but but ultimately the Chiefs are in are, are in the Super Bowl. It's so much fun. I can't wait to see you in Vegas. I can't wait. The worst time I've ever had covering a Super Bowl was when it was Bengals Rams, and so every year I get to go cover a Super Bowl and our Chiefs are in it. I, I thank the the I, I I'm I'm grateful, and so I, I I'm just really happy right now. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And by the way, if anybody wants the uh, ultimate preview of the Super Bowl, Sumer Sports, Eric Eager, Vice President of Research and Development of Sumer Sports, uh, you guys have a big Super Bowl preview together? Yep, it's coming out in the next uh, day or so. It's 41 pages long. Uh, prop bets, questions, quotes from myself, um, but more importantly, quotes from former Falcons general manager and Sumer Sports CEO Thomas Mitchell. Thomas has been hitting the media scene this week because – his former head coach, uh, Dan Quinn, is now the head coach of the Commanders after uh, Ben Johnson uh, kind of left them at the altar. So it's been a cool media week for Thomas. Um, but, yeah, it should be great. We have a lot of cool visuals and everything updated uh, with the postseason. If you like our playoff preview, I think you'll love our Super Bowl preview. By the way, let's, let me hit on that real quick. So you believe that Johnson did leave, that the Commanders' choice was Johnson, and he left them at the altar? Yeah, from all of my intel um, within the Lions building, like it was clear that the commanders had belie- believed that he was their guy. And if you look at their actions, of course, you know, they they waited until the Lions lost, you know, to make their decision. So from all indications, 
they believed that Ben Johnson was their guy. The Seattle Seahawks believed that Mike McDonald was their guy. Uh, that was why, you know, both teams waited until the very last minute. Uh, I think Washington made a final push at Mike McDonald, who's the, the hotshot coordinator from the, the Ravens, a, a very, you know, brilliant defensive mind. Um, that one didn't work. And so Josh Harris, you know, the new ownership group, uh, of the, of the commanders who also own the 76ers and the Devils, uh, they, you know, made a big splash with Adam Peters, the, the, uh, one of the lieutenants in San Francisco as the general manager. They thought they were going to get even a bigger splash with, with Ben Johnson to pair, uh, with Drake May as the number two overall pick. Uh, but that's for not. So it's Dan Quinn. Uh, getting an opportunity uh, for a second time to be an NFL head coach. Do you um, agree with going with a defensive guy? Because I don't. I, I mean, you know, I'll say no to all of them, and I'll be right 80%, 90% of the time. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, like, I'm more bullish on a guy like Raheem Morris, who, you know, was a younger coach, you know, was younger uh, with Tampa Bay in, like, 2009 through 2011, had a winning season there with Josh Freeman, you know, Kansas State legend. Uh, goes back in, wins the Super Bowl as a DC. You know, has worked a little bit with us uh, on game management stuff. I think has really done a good job of kind of skilling up since. But Quinn, you know, just really went to Dallas, did a really good job at that defense. But there's still, and I, and I think Quinn has gotten better. He doesn't sit in those three high looks that he did in Seattle and and Atlanta. He, very aggressive with, with, uh, Cowboys, but you have to ask the question, how much of the Cowboys, you know, top five defense was brilliant players like Micah Parsons and, and players like that? And how much of it was Quinn really being a, a great schemer? Because when you look at Washington, they traded Chase Young, they traded Montez Sweat, they do have Al- Allen and Payne, they don't have much in linebacker, they don't have much in the defensive back. This is going to be a schematic challenge for Quinn as well as a personnel challenge for Adam Peters, Quinn, and the rest of the commanders. So I'm, it's one where I ha- I get really concerned. I think Mike McDonald has some of the goods as a defensive coordinator, but again, a lot of these, a lot of it's tough because whoever they bring in as offensive coordinator, you're going to need a guy like Ben Johnson who really wants to just call plays uh, if you're going to be successful and, that's a, you know, Detroit, it's so, such a newsworthy item that he's staying in Detroit that it may, it underscores how, in fact, how unlikely it is that you're going to get an offensive coordinator that's A, good, and B, willing to stay long enough for you to have continued success. And so it is always a tough gamble to pick a defensive guy as your head coach. Is this just the balancing out of the market that all the offensive guys have been drained over the last couple of years because that's been the push and the, the, coaching system kind of needs to re-rack those guys to to be out there and you know we've had a lot of you know the whether it's Matt Nagy's and and different guys like that some that have had a shot and failed others that are just you know in their year one or two we got a lot of young OCs is that part of the issue as well I think so and I think the other part is that a lot of these they're not CEO types you know McVeigh called his own plays and so Zach Robinson a former PFFer with me you know, he was their run game, you know, pass game coordinator. He goes and becomes the offensive coordinator under Raheem Morris in Atlanta, but he's never called plays before. And so he's going to need the time to sort of bake the cake there to become a great, a great prospect. Uh, you know, Bobby Slowick, similarly, he's only a one year play caller. Dave Canales, who's now the coach of the Panthers, even there, like you, when to your point, 
if you are going to take the offensive guy, it is going to be a gamble because most of the good ones have been picked over. And most of the good ones, when they become head coach, call their own plays. And so they're not developing the play callers because the offensive coordinators, to your point, are the naggies, the Peterson types who under Reed are game planners and not necessarily the guys in game calling plays. And so I do think it is a kind of a year where we randomly had a lot of head coaching openings, but we didn't have the stock of great play callers to come in and fill them up from the offensive side. I don't think either one of us are shocked that Steve Spagnuolo did not get a head coaching job or even apparently what seems like even a look, but should he have, uh, have they fallen in love too much with the young up and coming guy and having a guy that could come in and coach your team really well for five to eight years uh, with a lot of experience, is he a guy that should have been given a look as a head coach or should have been hired as a head coach? I, I personally believe that a lot of people are looking at his St. Louis days too much. Um, everybody remembers. I mean, people forget that Pete Carroll was fired so that the Jets could hire Rich Kotite, right? And the, and you know, Pete Carroll was fired so that the Patriots could hire Belichick. And then Pete Carroll took years off of being an NFL coach before he came back to be the Seattle coach. Um, there, I, I do like guys who take their time as being a head coach, fail, spend an awful lot of time in successful regimes, right? Spagnolo was in New York, won a couple Super Bowls under Coughlin, a guy who, you know, has had his warts, but is a very good head coach, great program. And obviously Andy Reid and the Chiefs are the best program in the whole NFL. I think that I'd be bullish on a guy like Spag- I at least thought Washington should have at least waited on the Chiefs Super Bowl and thought about giving him an opportunity because you learn a lot when you're standing next to Andy Reid. And maybe Steve Spagnuolo just wants to be a coordinator, and that's, you know, another uh, really great break for the Chiefs. But I I would have given him an opportunity. I mean, the guy has been absolutely phenomenal since joining Kansas City. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I think he's been fantastic. And I think he deserves a shot. I think he's got the overall big picture of things. We've, we've seen him work with lesser talent. We've seen him work with a lot of talent. And in all cases, he made the defense better. So uh, I don't know why Andy has the Andy Reid blueprint uh, in his back pocket. I don't know why teams wouldn't talk to him. We're talking to Eric Eager, Vice President of Research and Development at Sumer Sports. Uh, is Patrick Mahomes the GOAT right now? I, I heard Brett... Uh, uh, Blair Kirkhoff was on with us yesterday, and he had a very interesting way to define this question, which I'll run by you after I get your your first impression. Is Patrick Mahomes the GOAT right now? He's the – if you only if – you, if you ignore Brady's longevity, I think he's the best quarterback that's ever played. Okay. I still believe that Brady's the best quarterback that's ever played, but that's only because he's had – he had three separate Hall of Fame careers. And if you take the first Hall of Fame career that Brady had, which is 2001 through 2000 and let's say six, right, before he became the the MVP of the league, Mahomes blows that out of the water, both team success and individual success. Now, the the next one, you know, Brady's second MVP, you know, second Hall of Fame career was kind of a Kurt Warner, you know, where he put up tons of great stats, didn't necessarily have the ultimate team success. And then the third one was – an insane old quarterback, best quarterback in football at times, third Hall of Fame career. I think Patrick Mahomes can still be the greatest quarterback of all time if he only has two of those because of how good he's been in the first stanza of his career. 
So I, I don't know if that's if that's the answer people so, want, but well, he's so let me run Brady out of the water in the first six like in the first six years of his career, they are the best that anybody's ever done. So what I've settled into and I'll first I'll tell you Blair's uh assessment was you know, he said Bill James has a thing of like career peak. Mm-hmm. Like Patrick Mahomes' peak is already higher than Tom Brady, but Tom Brady's career is greater than Patrick Mahomes' career. And I think that's a great way to look at it right now. Yes, he is playing the quarterback position, which is what I would say. He's playing the quarterback position better than anybody else has. But there still isn't enough of a career accomplishment to say he's better than Tom Brady. He needs to do more, but he is on track to being the GOAT. That's what I would say. And I'm with you. Yeah, I don't think he necessarily has to win eight Super Bowls to pass Tom Brady. Like, he could win four, or maybe not four, but maybe four, five, six, and playing at this level, and if it's just a shorter period of time, then he could still be the greatest of all time in that circumstance. Yeah, and I think especially this year where, look, the Chiefs' defense is phenomenal. Uh, you know, Tua led the league in passing yards. They beat him. Uh, you know, the the two quarterbacks that they beat after are going to finish one and two in MVP voting. They held those three teams to 41 points. But Mahomes has had a part to play. in, As you said on Red, Gold, and Bold, but also this show, he he managed the game in, in a lot of these games, especially this last one against the Ravens where, you know, some of the Andy Reid playoff demons were starting to creep into my mind. Like, he's turtling in this game. They're, they're really not, you know, scoring in the second half. And I thought Mahomes did the best job given those circumstances that he's ever done. In the Bengals game, he threw the interception to B.J. Hill. He uh, The three and outs were such that the pass, you know, they didn't take enough time to bleed out the clock. Even though their offense wasn't effective in the second half against the Ravens, it was – it was managed effectively, and I think that that was really cool. And this Chiefs team in six years under Patrick Mahomes have won in every single way, whereas the first six years under Tom Brady, those Patriots teams won in almost like one way, which was great defense, great special teams, great coaching, and a quarterback that managed the game incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And and that's – I think Patrick obviously has won offense first, no defense. He's won – Offense first, okay defense, and now he's winning defense first in a, in a lot of ways with good, not great offense. And I think that those, him being able to traverse through those various team building strategies is exactly why he's the only quarterback in league history to A, win a Super Bowl making more than 14% of the cap. And then this year, make a Super Bowl with the biggest cap hit in football. These are not things that should be, should be you know, sniffle. This is a this is a phenomenal accomplishment. And again, I don't know if he's going to ha- necessarily have the longevity of Brady, but if he does and he continues this, he'll bowl Brady out of the water, given what he's done through the first six years relative to what Brady did the first six. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, and I, I think that's where he's headed. If they can keep the team around him, and right now Brad Feach is on a heater. He's done a really good job. Of, of keeping the team uh, around him. And so uh, I, I'm with you. I, I love the way he's playing. And you mentioned Andy Reid. You thought he was maybe turtling. Or maybe he's coaching to what he's got. And there's only so many, quote, unquote, the good plays, as you like to call them. And he had fired them to get the lead and play from in front because he knew that's how they had to play. And so then they're managing the game. And Patrick Mahomes is managing the game as well as anybody ever has in taking sacks late, throwing it away early to save – you know, down in distance and late 
taking sacks, not worrying about the down and distance because he needs to keep the clock going. That's the ultimate game management uh, that's going on there for Patrick Mahomes. Is Andy Reid the GOAT? What a championship this year. I don't think he is with two and four appearances. But if he wins another title with his body of work that blows Bill Belichick out of the water when it comes to his performance without his Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, is Andy Reid the greatest coach of all time if he uh, if he would win the Super Bowl? I think Andy Reid is comfortably top five already. Um, and, and you, you and I are biased because we're, we're Kansas City fans, but like the, the, as you said, what he's did, what he did with Donovan McNabb, but also what he did at times with Coy Detmer and, you know, AJ Feely and, you know, uh, who is the, the, who is the quarterback for Jeff Garcia and guys like that. And then what he did with Alex Smith here, we were winning two thirds of the games. And now, of course, winning 70, 80% of the games with Mahomes, winning Super Bowls. You know, no one's going to put him in, in the Belichick conversation probably until you get to Super Bowls four and five, I would say. But after you look at what he's done without the superstar quarterback, you make a really compelling case. And, and now what I love so much about Andy Reid, and I was, I was messaging with somebody uh, this week is Andy Reid's third in the NFL right now. In in-game management, our metric at Sumer Sports, he's added a half a win to this team by not blowing timeouts, by going for the right fourth downs. We saw that the other day. That first touchdown drive was powered by a fourth down decision that Andy Reid probably would not have made a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he had his timeouts. He had, you know, he's kept a lot of the, the in-game management that we're pulling our hair out even two years ago against the Bengals. He's improved on. And so, you know, I joke sometimes because sometimes I think he keeps the good plays for the playoffs and, and everything like that. But Andy Reid is not only phenomenal, he's gotten better over the years. And some of that is Mahomes, but clearly some of that isn't Mahomes because Mahomes has been here the whole time. And he's gotten better even with within the Mahomes era. It's not just been he became a superpower coach with Mahomes. He's gotten he's improved on the stuff we used to rip him for while Patrick was here. And so, yeah, I mean, if if he keeps, I mean, you put two or more Super Bowls into his into his trophy case, he's comfortably in that conversation. I think what's interesting too is if they do win this game, uh, and Patrick Mahomes will check the back to back box, something that only a handful of people have done. And he'll go into the offseason knowing that next year he can be the first quarterback ever to win three Super Bowls in a row. He will be able to do something that has not been done by Tom Brady. Andy Reid would be able to do something that has not been done by Tom Brady or not been done by Bill Belichick. And I think it would be interesting what the marching orders would be for Brett Veach. Because I I believe that Brett Veach handles the personnel, but he handles it within the the sphere of what Andy Reid's picture is for the team. And so I think when they won the first one, the marching orders were, keep it together, let's try to win back-to-back, right? And so I think he did that. And then they realized, okay, let's play the long game. They played the long game. They won it last year in kind of a reload year. Now they've reloaded a, you know, a little bit more this year. Uh, everywhere but receiver, I think they got better, even though it, you know on paper it didn't necessarily all work out that way. And here they are back here. If they win it, I wonder if the marching orders will be, you know, 25 be damned. We've got a chance to do something that these guys have never done. Like, what would be your advice if you're their analytic lieutenant on whether or not to go all in on a chance at a third Super Bowl in a row versus, no, stay the course, play the long game. You're going to pick up multiple championships along the way if you just don't ever bury yourself. 
I think that the, the hallmark of the Brett Beach era in Kansas City, and there are people on the internet who think Brett Beach sucks, by the way, which is incredible. Yes. Um, the, the hallmark of the Brett Beach era in Kansas City has been learning from mistakes. You know, so when you look at the Frank Clark trade, when you look at the Clyde Edwards Alaire draft pick, when you look at, he hasn't batted a thousand. And yet they very rarely make the same mistake twice. And I think that that applies here. Remember 2020, they kept literally every starter on that team other than maybe one player. I, I can't remember. It was like Damian Wilson or something like that who left. And when they got to the Super – and they went 14-2, and 14-1 and one in the games Pat played. They ran rough shot on the AFC in the playoffs. They get to the Super Bowl. They're favored against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. And yet guys get hurt and they get blown out in the Super Bowl. They're very smart. They look at that. I think they look at that and say, you can you can go all in and over-index on one year and nothing's guaranteed to you. Your two tackles could go from being bookends, we're thinking about you for the next five years, to you're both retiring because of injuries the next January, or you're both gone the yeah. next January. I, if, if, it, if there wasn't clear and obvious evidence that Brett Beach and his staff learn from the mistakes that they've made, I could, I could, I would believe the idea that they would go all in for a third Super Bowl, but I just don't think they think that way. I think that they looked at 2020 and they went all in for that Super Bowl and there were pandemic things that made it weird, but I just think they look at that and they, they see that and they're like, it's not worth it. Actually, it actually isn't the, it actually, it just the way that they've done it is, is the way that it should be. And Winning three Super Bowls would, but there's there's almost no benefit. There's almost no marginal benefit to keeping the band together because the real edge is staying in the top four all the time, and then just flipping those coins and having enough of them come up heads, and that's what they've been they've been doing. This year was not supposed to be the year, but by 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 their you know by their good decision making, they were in the mix. They and they got some fortune. They got they obviously played better when it mattered, and they're in the mix again. And I think that they they've seen over the course of the last you know decade or so that that's the way to go about it. I don't think they deviate from that just because a third Super Bowl in a row would be a possibility for them. Yeah, I know. I, I and I think that's the right play for the long haul. But boy, three in a row would be nice. The problem is when you think about that, if everyone's like, "Oh, I can't believe they don't want to win three in a row," no, they do. They don't. They just don't want to sacrifice being, you know, a top five contender uh, for the next three years after it. Right? They're they're putting the big picture because trust me, people, twenty five will get here. All right, settle down. It will get here, and you want a team that's ready to compete and has a shot to get it done. I, I, I agree, and I think that's, you know, that you mentioned the Brett Beach piece of the equation. I don't know how you could look at this team and not be like, you know, they've got a fourth round corner who's blanketing number ones. They've got two player who's yeah who's a top fifty corner according to the grades that are out there. I mean. You know, they move up to get McDuffie. He's a top 10 corner, according to the grades that are out there. George Karloff to get a defensive end at the end of round one, who's a double-digit sack guy. You know, their linebackers fly over the place. Drew Tranquil has been an invaluable addition to this team in free agency. A minute who? Mike, Mike Edwards, who Mike Edwards is playing because Brian Cook is hurt, and Mike Edwards has been phenomenal, Yeah, I think, for them. And Brian Cook was very good, who was a second-round draft pick. I mean, I don't get it. They, they replaced both offensive tackles. I, you know, 
Fine. They don't have. Yes, he, Clyde Edwards Hilaire was not the best pick. Yes, DK Metcalf was better than uh, McCole Hardman. Championships, people. Championships. No one, like, yes, you pay the quarterback, and then you're good, but don't win championships. That was the recipe for the NFL. Better win it early, and with the exception of Tom Brady, after that, you're pretty good. Maybe you can get in there. And they're, like, going again and again with the most expensive guy that's ever been paid in NFL history. That takes a lot. And credit to, you know, Brett Veach and his staff, and that's why Brant Tillis is getting a new job with the Carolina Panthers because teams are looking at it going, okay, there's more here than just Patrick Mahomes. Uh, yeah, and they look at – yeah, exactly. And they look at, you know, 2-14 and 14 in 2012. Andy Reid comes in, changes the culture. But also they couldn't get over the hump with John Dorsey. and. So, you know, and, and it took, and the one thing, and I, I'm an analytics guy, so it, it's, it's tough for me to say this, but what the one thing that Brett Veach has that maybe some people like me would bristle at is conviction at times. Conviction with moving up to get Mahomes. Conviction with moving up to get Trent McDuffie. Conviction, uh, with Frank Clark. And the Frank Clark thing failed in a large way. You won two Super Bowls with Clark, Clark, but that one was a misevaluation, but, He's hit more than he's missed. And anybody that expects him to be perfect is, is, of course, not looking at the base rates around the NFL, which are far worse than his hit rate. And, and yeah, to your point, and it's, it's actually alarming to me that we've gotten this far in the process. Now, Paul's got a job in Chicago. Obviously, Tillis got a, a, a bit, you know, or is reported to, and I don't think it's official yet, has been reported to get a, a big job in Carolina, which, you know, that's, that, that's phenomenal for him. Mike Borgonzi, the assistant GM, has gotten looks before, but it's it's alarming to me that he hasn't gotten an opportunity either. The culture in Kansas City and the, and the the people that they have there is incredible, and 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 it's been and they've done nothing but take setbacks and build off of them. The setback that was 2018, the setback that was 2021, and they they've rebounded from them in incredible fashion. Yeah, it has been just uh, an amazing effort all around. And I think it's, you know, when we look back at this era right now, Travis Kelsey is part of this. But at some point, he's probably not going to be playing anymore. And it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Brett Veach. That's going to be the triumvirate that is remembered for for all the success. Travis Kelsey certainly in there right now. But, it, it you know, logic Chris would say. Jones, too. Yeah, Chris they Jones. Held the line on, they held the line on Orlando Brown. They held the line on Chris Jones, and everybody said it would blow up in their face. And I mean, he's also had he's had the courage of conviction at times, but he's also been incredibly good at holding his water when the price the price wasn't right. I mean, this is this is GM. He he's having a masterclass right now. Like, and not to say that Donovan Smith is great, but Donovan Smith at his price is a much better value than what Orlando Brown would have been at that price. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, all right, let's get to uh, our final four. It's brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. If you suffer an orthopedic injury in everyday life or playing sports, the University of Kansas Health System offers orthopedic walk-in care at 435 and all in Overland Park. They're open weekdays 8 to 7, Saturdays 8 to 2. Learn more right now, kansashealthsystem.com slash orthopedics. Eric, I'll start you with this MVP bet. You got any insight on where we should go, I've said uh, I like Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, and Legarius Sneed because I think you play this with a couple of bucks looking to hit a long shot, uh, not playing yeah. the favorites. What do you think about my odds? I don't agree. I mean, I, the only leak is that the Swifties with the 20% fan vote now could vote for, for Travis. 
but you're getting money line on the Chiefs at about what, plus 110. You're getting about plus 135 on Mahomes. That delta is too big. The Chief, Mahomes has not even had his best games in Super Bowls and has won the MVP when they've won. If you want, if you like the Chiefs to win, bet Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP. I object because I think that one, there were some people that wanted to give it to Damian Williams the first time. And I think they look at those numbers, and I was laughed at by Mike Sando, by the way, uh, for this theory. They look at it and they go, you know, he's won it twice and the numbers haven't been that good. I think it's kind of like being the, the MVP. Like, he was the most valuable player this year. He, I mean, his team has deficiencies and he carried them through. But he didn't win it because he didn't have pretty stats and because he's won it before. And I think the he's won it before is going to step in. David Patton really did win a Super Bowl MVP. With Tom Brady as his quarterback. No, it was Deion Branch. Or Deion Branch, excuse me. Deion yeah. Branch uh, did win a Super Bowl MVP. So uh, I object. I'll, I'll stick with No that. tight end has ever won the Super Bowl MVP. and, and No, no tight end has ever dated Super. the biggest star in the world, Eric, ever. It's never happened. It's a Malcolm new day. Smith was the last guy to win Super Bowl MVP as a defensive player. I would say the only – I would just caution against this. The Chiefs defense is too deep for any one player to be the reason they win a Super Bowl. I object. It's about return on value, Eric. Maybe listen. If you have some time later, I can sit you down. I can explain the math. We can we can talk about okay. that later. We'll see how that works. Uh, okay, so uh, you're going with uh, 15. All right, I'll put it down. Uh, what's your uh, uh, favorite table game besides craps? Well, are not besides blackjack. Uh, black, you, blackjack. Besides besides blackjack. Besides oh, blackjack, because um, that's what everybody says is blackjack. I wrote down crafts, but I meant blackjack. This sounds stupid, but, like, I always, at the end of every trip to Vegas, I go to the I go to the roulette table and I put I put everything I have on red for the Chiefs. Oh, wow. Uh, and then whether I go and, – and, again, I don't bet at tables enough to really care about the money. So, like – whether I come back with all my money or none of my money or twice as much is that's always what I do. Okay. At the end, it all goes on red. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Uh, what's your favorite Vegas hotel? Circa. Yeah, oh, okay. Downtown. That is your favorite. All right. Yep. All right. It's the best. All right. Uh, how many times you've been to Vegas? Oh God. I played basketball and I was a part of a, people forget I'm tall and athletic. I played on a, a high school basketball team that played in Vegas a number of times when I was a kid. So, uh, probably a dozen. Dozen? Okay. I didn't know if you were you you you. When I've seen you in Vegas, you attack Vegas like it's your first time. It's the lights are quite bright for you when you hit Vegas. Am I wrong? I can't believe you just told your whole audience that I'm a <laughs> that I'm a novice Vegas. Person. No, I just have fun. It's no, 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 no. I am not. I am not meaning that you're a novice. It's certainly not a novice at gambling. Absolutely not. That's not at all what I'm saying. You walk into Vegas, you are happy. You are the bright oh, yeah, lights. No. Uh, but I'm happy all the time. I walk into Kansas City like it's my first time every time. <laughs> that is true. Uh, Eric, you're the man. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk again next week, and I'll see you in Vegas. All right. Take care, Petro. There he goes, Eric Eager, uh, best in the business when it comes to analyzing the analytics when it comes to the game of football from Sumer Sports. He mentioned their big Super Bowl preview. Check that out at sumersports.com. He's brought to you today by our friends at Easton Roofing Estimates. They're always free. No payment collected until you're 100% satisfied. Get a free inspection, a free estimate right now. You've got roof questions. We're still going to have some freezing days. More rain means more water, maybe some more snow, maybe some more ice. That means any little problem. 
becomes a big problem. Find out about it before it is a big problem. Get Eastern Roofing up on your roof. I ain't getting up there. Eastern Roofing will be happy to get up there. Free inspections, free estimates, commercial or residential. It's Eastern Roofing. Call 913-257-5426 online at eastonroofing.com. All right, the Joe's Kansas City Barbecue burnt end of the hour answer. You're looking for it, aren't you? Was you the, don't know. No, you I, don't even remember read, the question you just I read, asked. I, I read the wrong, the wrong one, so I have to read the right question. Uh, who was the first native Missouri? It's good sense, by the way. It, it is a good sense. Yeah, it's a good sense into the hour answer. Well, Joe's got an extra yeah. mention. We love Joe's. We love yeah. Good Sense. There you go. Yeah, but, uh, who was the first native Missourian to start for a Super Bowl champion? Hmm. He was born in Higginsville, Missouri. Went oh, up to wow. play at Wyandotte High School. Then went to play his college ball at USC. Um, and if you, uh, I don't think this was on the air, Pete and I were talking about him during the break. Yesterday, passed away in 2011. Defensive back. Give me the give me the question again. First native Missourian to start for a Super Bowl champion. First native Missourian. Higginsville, Mo. Wyandotte High School, USC. Alonzo Skip Thomas. Doctor Death. Oh, Doctor Death. Now that I remember, I was yeah. gonna be like, I could guess for a million years if I didn't remember Doctor Death. <laughs> Alonzo, Doctor Death. Yep. Skip was Skip, Skip How many Thomas. nicknames does a man have? Well, but Skip Thomas. He went by Skip Thomas. His given first name was Alonzo. He went by Skip. And the nickname they gave him was Dr. Death when he was playing with, the, with those Raiders with Jack Tatum and George Atkinson. and mm-hmm. Old man Willie Brown started for the Raiders at corner in Super Bowl XI. Um, first native Missourian to start for a Super Bowl champion. Not the to be confused. One, the second one? Well, but I just want to be clear, not to be confused with the Dr. Death, the uh, defensive back that covered Robin Williams in the uh, oh. legendary football movie. That seems like old times. What was it? Um, him and Kurt Russell, where they go back and play the high school game mm-hmm. that they lost again. Such a great movie. When they wheel the TV out and they're trying to watch the TV while having a romantic dinner with their wives. Best of times. Best of times. Because they complain about them always watching football and he sneaks the TV on the other side. Oh, my God. <laughs> so funny. But Doc, you're not so tough, Dr. Death, are you? <laughs> he just wrecks Robin Williams like ten times. <laughs> anyway, uh, second Williams. Missouri native. Second Missouri native? Yes. Eric Wright. Really? Corner for the, he went to Mizzou, right? Yep. Yeah. Corner for the, the Niners, part from, of that young St. bunch yeah. of uh, DBs in uh, 81. Three rookies and a second-year guy. Kind of Chiefs-esque like last Pretty year. Pretty good. Yep. Which is we talked about Very a lot last so. year. People yeah. will remember. Uh, that was the, that was the comp. Would, uh, Ronnie Lott, uh, Eric Wright, and, and Hicks, right? And Dwight Hicks were all rookies. And Carlton, and Carlton Williamson. Williamson was the fourth yeah. one of the bunch. Yeah. But, um, yeah, three rookies Not in that bad. new backfield for the 81 Niners. Uh, they were pretty good. Pretty good squad back then. Uh, a lot better than this turd. The Chiefs are going to kick the crap out of, huh? And another Missouri native. They're uh, actually a good team. I'm not one of those guys that, you know, they're they're good football. Yes. Another Missouri native on that Niners team, the running back Lenville Elliott. Lenville Yeah, he was. Elliott. If you go back and watch the drive, the first drive, the drive that ends in um, the, the path, what are they called? The catch with Dwight. Uh, I'm losing my mind. Uh, Dwight, Dwight Clark. Clark. Uh, much of that drive was Lenville Elliott running sweeps. Okay. 
the Super Bowl that year against the Bengals when they won. It was his last NFL game. Okay. So Good enough. Some Missouri guys with some Super Bowl history. Uh, 913-310-810. We've got the phone lines open. 913-310-810. Uh, take your phone calls uh, here in the uh, program. Our thanks to uh, Eric Eager from Sumer Sports joining us in our last segment. Just give away some Good Sense. You can grab some Good Sense tonight on your way home. GoodSenseSubs.com. Uh, or download the Good Sense app. You know, locally owned and operated. Founded in Lenexa, Kansas. Slicing the meat and cheese in front of you. Been doing that since the beginning. 34 years ago, 34 years ago, they started doing that. Uh, you'll smell that wonderful pillowy soft bread the moment you walk in the door. Oh, it's so good. Uh, it's a little warmer today, but I love when it's cold. Yeah. Walking into a good sense and uh, smelling it. They do that two or three times a day. Uh, 35, I'm sorry, 35 to 34. They turn 35 uh, this year. And don't forget, they got your party and catering needs covered as well. Go to goodsensesubs.com uh, if you uh, want to order right now, maybe a sub or a cookie treat. Tray, uh, hot family meals. They've got it all. Plus, get $5 off any large catering tray or a hot family meal with the code WHBG5. Uh, celebrate with Good Sense as they turn 35 in 2024. Uh, GoodSenseSubs.com. Uh, 913-3810-810. Uh, Eric, pretty, uh, pretty frisky, pretty happy, happy mm-hmm. guy. Yes. He does. I'm going to tell you, there's nobody who sees Vegas as more shiny than him. <laughs> Even me in my Let, one Yes, oh, m- much more than you. Because you're kind of like, yeah, not really my thing, but cool to be here. Yeah. While, while he you was, guys were, it's while, his thing. While you guys are playing cards, I just walked up down the strip taking pictures. Yeah. I was like, I'll, I'll go do my thing. You guys do your thing. I'll see you for dinner. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it's all shiny for Eric. I mean, it is a shiny, <laughs> shiny world when he's there. Uh, he is a... He's he, a good energy guy. Oh, he, oh absolutely. Every time I'm around he's him, not an energy vampire. No, no. He is the polar opposite. Every time I hang out with Eric, um, I always feel better afterwards. Yes. and uh, But it, it is just amazing how... Uh, like, dude... It's okay. Settle down, man. <laughs> Big mathematic brain who's 12. You know, that's, that's what he's There like. are so many combinations of Great conflicting guy. qualities, positive qualities that are within within him. I still say, like, you hear Eric Eager on here, and you really, and we talk about it, and we hype him up and everything. You don't even know how big a deal he actually is. Absolutely. Uh, you don't even know how big no a deal he is. No question. All right, real quick. I want to, Can I get one in real quick? Uh, uh, and then we'll take a break, and we'll get as many calls in here as we can. Chris, you're in the program. What's going on, Chris? Hey, Trent. How are you? Good, man. What's on your mind? I'm a little nervous. I'm not a very frequent listener, but I was listening Sunday uh, just before the Chiefs game, and you were on. And I don't have the exact quote, but you said something. You were talking about Kadarius Tony, mm-hmm. And, again, I don't have it exactly, but it was really close to this. The world would be better off if he hadn't been born. No, that's it. Yep. That's that's not it because we actually had somebody call yeah. about it. I said if Kadarius Tony had never been born, the Chiefs would be in a better place because they wouldn't have well, had two well. games that were lost by yeah. him making monumental mistakes. There are really two games that yeah. are around him. And I said so. Had Kadarius Tony never been born, then the Chiefs would be two games better in the standings. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe that's not the best remark I could make. Maybe that's not the best way to put it. But he has been this year. He's been an unbelievable negative for the football team, and frankly, totally, that continues this week. I totally agree. 
Um, if you'd said something like that, that'd be okay. But I'm pretty sure you're really close to saying if he hadn't been born, the world would be better off. Not the cheese, but you said the world well, would be better I, I, Chris, off. Chris, that's not the case, but is there anything else or is that it? That's it. All right. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Uh, that was fun. 913-3810-810. If the narrative doesn't fit, just make it up, I guess. Uh, we'll take a break. Uh, more of your phone calls. More fun next here in the program. We've got the two-minute drill coming up here shortly. 913-3810-810. Let's get as many folks in as we can. Let's talk to JP. You're in the program, JP. What's going on, buddy? Oh, just a whole lot of Super Bowl fun. That's about it. Agreed. Uh, you know, the, the term assistant head coach, I think, is what, Dave Tove on our team? Yes. Do you, does anybody really think he'll ever be the head coach of the Chiefs? Uh, no, probably not of the Chiefs. I, I think he warrants being interviewed for a head coaching job. I think teams have made a mistake, but I think some of the, the you know, lesser play the last couple of years has taken a little shine off. He did interview for the Bears job uh, the time before Matt Nagy got it. I know he interviewed for that, but no, probably not. It's It's basically made so that if you want to hire him away, it, it's really hard. Like for a special teams coach job, you, you, you can't do it really. Okay, I'll get to my point real quick, and I'll get off here so you can answer it. Okay. Washington Commanders, was Eric their assistant? Was he the head coach this last year or the assistant? Uh, the associate head coach, I believe he was, yes. Has anybody heard one word? I have not heard a single word about him. I've heard more about Mike Kafka. Yeah. Than I, have ever, I have not seen them for an interview or anything anywhere. I'll let you comment. Yeah, I appreciate it. No, I, I did not either, JP. And he was assistant head coach and offensive coordinator. Yeah, I, I haven't heard that either, and I think it speaks to the fact that there was more than just his resume. You know, Raheem Morris, it was more than his resume and more the color of his skin. There were several uh, people of color that were hired as head coaches this year, and he didn't really get a look. So, you know, it's unfortunate, but there's clearly something there beyond just what his football resume is because the resume absolutely says that he's more than qualified to be a head coach in the National Football League. Zach, you're in the program. What's going on, Zach? Hey, guys, real quick. I didn't know, um, maybe a question, maybe just maybe you guys can point me in the right direction to look up this information. Wondering if the percentage of successful draft picks from the, the Veach um, Reed era. I didn't know if anyone's looked into that. It's, I know we've always talked about it's got to be high, but I didn't know how high it was, maybe in comparison to others. I don't know if it, okay, they've drafted somebody in starting. I mean, do you guys know that percentage or maybe a good site to go look at it? Well, you know, it sounds like a job for an intern. Oh. <laughs> hey, we like just Lord. happen to have one here. Uh, you know, Zach, we will get to work on it. To probably will Yeah, probably we'll get it done today, and I'm going to let you go, buddy. I appreciate the call. I know, and I need to ask Jason Anderson because I know he was talking about it today. He said something to the effect that, like, uh, Kadarius or uh, Bo Peak Keys mm-hmm. is like, one of only two draft picks or something since, like, 18 that didn't play for the Chiefs? Wow. I mean, it's pretty remarkable, but that is a that is a very good task for us to put an intern on, and, and we'll get on it. He'll check every player that's ever been drafted starting right now. <laughs> All right, how many tight ends have had 100 yards receiving in a Super Bowl? Brought to you by Joe's Kansas City Barbecue. 